Morning, y'all. I'm Katie Kamen, and it's Wednesday, February 14th. Happy Valentine's Day. On this date in 1876, Alexander Graham Bell was one of two men who applied separately for patents related to the telephone. The other was Alicia Gray. The U.S. Supreme Court eventually ruled that Bell was the rightful inventor. On this date in 1924, the Computing Tabulating Recording Company of New York was officially renamed. The new name, International Business Machines Corporation, or IBM for short. That brings us to this morning's trivia question. On this date in 1973, a popular rocker collapsed from exhaustion at the end of an elaborate Valentine's Day show at New York's Radio City Music Hall. Which performer was it? I'll tell you in just a couple of minutes. But first, it's time to have a look at that Valentine's Day forecast over at the First Alert Weather Center. And good morning to you and happy Valentine's Day. I'm meteorologist Joey Sovine. Grab a coat as you head out the door this morning. We'll warm from the 30s and 40s up to 60 at lunchtime and up towards the mid-60s this afternoon. Start to cool down pretty quickly as we go into this evening with a clear sky. If you have any date plans for this evening, just make sure you take a jacket, a coat, or a sweater as you head out. Now, tomorrow will be around 70 after starting out around 40, chilly tomorrow morning and then we'll be near 70 dry through Friday. We are watching a storm system that may bring a few showers. We'll watch that as we head into the weekend as we cool down a bit. Low 60s Saturday, 50s on Sunday. You're listening to Morning Y'all, your local headlines and first alert weather forecast powered by the Low Country's news leader, Live 5 News. Now let's get to your morning headlines. New this morning, the South Carolina Highway Patrol is investigating a deadly crash in Beaufort County. That crash happened just before 12.30 a.m. on Robert Smalls Parkway, about a mile west of the city of Beaufort. Troopers tell us the driver of a pickup truck was trying to make a left turn off Gothie Hill Road onto Robert Smalls Parkway when they hit a motorcyclist heading west. That motorcyclist died. The driver of the pickup was taken to the hospital. The rider on that motorcycle has not yet been identified. Right now, Charleston police say one person is dead after a crash involving a pedestrian. CPD reported that crash just before 8.30 last night. This all happened near the intersection of Main Road and Maybank Highway. Police later confirmed that one person was killed. The Charleston County Coroner's Office has not yet released the name of that person. We're still working to learn the details of what led up to that crash. Police say a woman has been cited for reckless driving after running a stoplight and crashing through the front of a downtown Charleston business. The Charleston Police Department tells us Natalie Steele was driving a Maserati on Spring Street when she ran a stoplight and then hit an SUV. That SUV flipped and the Maserati ended up going through the storefront of the past deli near the intersection of St. Phillips and Spring Street. A fire marshal from the Charleston Fire Department deemed that building unsafe yesterday morning. Before reopening, the owner will need to get the green light from a building inspector. He says he hopes to open as soon as possible and tells us he appreciates all the support he's gotten from the community. Right now, Berkeley County deputies need your help finding a missing man. The sheriff's office tells us this man, 34-year-old Brian Bustamante, was last seen January 9th, leaving his home on Westminster Boulevard. The sheriff's office says he's known to be in the North Charleston area frequently. If you know anything, call the sheriff's office at 843-719-4169. 
Sheriff Carter Weaver with the Georgetown County Sheriff's Office has requested that the South Carolina Law Enforcement Division investigate allegations involving his own department. SLED's Director of Public Information, Renee Wonderlich, confirmed that the investigation does stem from allegations of criminal sexual conduct involving off-duty personnel. The investigation is ongoing. We'll keep you updated as we learn more information. Georgetown County officials are also warning you of a rise in some scam calls. The caller is reportedly claiming to be a firefighter with Georgetown County Fire EMS, and they were asking residents for personal information. We're told that first responders will never call residents and ask for personal information or money. And if you do get one of those calls, hang up and do not answer any questions. The city of Folly Beach is revisiting its plan to limit short-term rentals in town. Last night, city council made some proposed changes to the ordinance. This time last year, the city voted to cap rentals like condos and Airbnbs to 800 across the island. But some people who live on Folly still have concerns. Live 5's Destiny Kennedy brings us more details. Residents are divided about the ordinance. Some are still concerned that the cap will affect potential investments, while others approve and feel it will prevent disruptive renters. During the work session, the council clarified the language as far as how many nights a property can be rented for, waitlist and rental license requirements, and adding definitions to the ordinance to give it more structure. What did not change was the cap of 800 for short-term rentals. Last year, more than 1,200 people turned out to vote for or against the short-term rental cap. Ultimately, 655 residents voted for the cap and 577 against it. Folly Beach Mayor Tim Goodwin was among those who voted for the cap. It will take several years for current short-term rentals to dwindle down to 800 from either people selling their property or no longer renewing their license. I'm trying to create a balance, <clears throat> and uh, this is a uh, compromise, so everybody's not happy. And as you heard, some of the councilmen or people alluded to that tonight. Uh, little, give a little, take a little. No, nobody's going to be completely happy with what you're doing. But that's what happens. And in politics, that's probably the best place you can be. There will be a second reading next Tuesday to discuss any further amendments. Reporting on Folly Beach, Destiny Kennedy, Live 5 News. Also during the council meeting, uh, council member Eddie Ellis officially resigned to move to St. Louis. Council members asked people to be kind and tolerant during the election process for Ellis's replacement. President Donald Trump's campaign is making a stop right here in the low country today. According to his presidential campaign team, the GOP hopeful will be speaking at the Charleston Area Convention Center in North Charleston. Doors will be opening this afternoon at 4. Trump is expected to take the stage at 7 p.m. We'll have live coverage from that event right here on Live 5. Also on the campaign trail this week, former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley stopped in the low country yesterday as part of her Beast of the Southeast bus tour. Haley spoke at the Sweet Tea Stop hosted by the Dorchester County Republicans. She focused on her policies, the same ones she's talked about across the campaign trail for the past year, beginning at home with a budget that benefits Americans, term limits, small business cuts, and getting into her foreign policy, leaning on her United Nations knowledge. The South Carolina Republican primary is February 24th, and early voting is underway now. Haley says she plans to visit throughout the state until that official primary date.
The future of a bill that would allow adults in South Carolina to carry loaded handguns with no permit or no training could be in jeopardy. Last year, the House passed the permitless carry gun bill. The Senate also passed that bill earlier this month with some significant changes. The House now has officially voted to reject the changes the Senate made and revert it back to what they passed last year. Now the bill heads back to the Senate and could eventually be on the road to the two chambers trying to work out a compromise. But if they fail to find a middle ground, a stalemate could jeopardize whether this bill becomes law this year. The Senate's also expected to pass a bill approving the use of medical marijuana in the Palmetto State. The bill called the Compassionate Care Act allows only for marijuana use in oils, salves, patches, and vaporizers. Smoking it would still be illegal. The Senate has a third hearing today where they're expected to finalize their yes votes and send it to the House. The same bill stalled out in the House two years ago on a technicality, but if this version were to pass, South Carolina would be the 39th state to pass medical marijuana use. Council is getting public input about its vision for the future after last night's meeting. The goal of the 365-page comprehensive plan is to lay out the future of major projects in the low country. One of the many projects in this plan is getting mixed reactions from the community. A $2.3 billion plan to extend I-526 and split it into two phases. Some are concerns that the project would displace historic African-American communities. Others feel the project doesn't have to interfere with those settlements. In the urban growth boundary, if we can keep it where it's at and, and firm it up, that will be our backstop on development. There's going to be development there, but if we can maintain that area on the periphery, then we will preserve a lot of the heritage that people want to keep. The county says this hearing was designed to include input in their major decision. There's a new effort at a South Carolina university aimed at addressing rural health care challenges. Autumn Klein is joining us here in studio with the latest. So, Autumn, what kind of health care uh, health problems do rural South Carolin Carolinians face and what's being done about it? Well, Katie, people living in rural areas have fewer doctors, fewer specialists, and are more likely to die from heart disease, cancer, or unintentional injury than their urban counterparts. Now, that's all according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. With the latest data, they also found rural, rural Americans tend to have higher rates of cigarette smoking, high blood pressure, and obesity. Now, students and staff at Claflin University in Orangeburg are working to reverse that trend. The university just received a $1.8 million grant to fund its wellness initiative. The CU Deep Wellness Programs focuses on dietary health, economic health, emotional health, and physical health with a goal of reducing health disparities while also giving students real-world experience. The initiative will use smart home technology and artificial intelligence to engage students and community members by promoting healthy behaviors, particularly around chronic disease management. Claflin is an HBCU, and the campus hopes to use its student population to reach the area's predominantly black population with programs that will in introduce primary health care services to students and the surrounding community. One of the things the university is hoping to do is tap into its diverse student body to develop a pipeline for minority students to find jobs within the healthcare industry. For Live 5 News, I'm Autumn Klein. At the beginning of the show, I told you that on this date in 1973, a rock performer collapsed from exhaustion at the end of a Valentine's Day show at Radio City Music Hall. That rocker was David Bowie. Celebrating birthdays on this Valentine's Day, TV personality Pat O'Brien is 76. Magician Teller of Penn and Teller, he's a quiet one, turns 76. Actor Zach Galligan is 60. 
Star Trek actor Simon Pegg is 54, and actor Freddie Highmore from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory is 32. Thanks so much for joining us for Morning Y'all, powered by Live 5 News. I'm Katie Kamen. Hope you have a great Valentine's Day. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Morning Y'all is produced every weekday morning. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and download the Live 5 News app for your mobile device. Get the latest news and weather updates 24-7 from Live 5 News, the Low Country's news leader. 